I guess I'm just going to go live. G Meta. Yo. Welcome, everybody, to the show. And by everybody, I mean 2160 and G. What's up, G? Nice. I emailed a link as well if you want to come on video. Right now it's just me, and I feel really bad for the audience because um, it's like a big screen of me. And if you've ever seen me before, that's not uh, that's not exactly good. There we go. What's up, Thomas? Hey, how's it going? Good, man. Good uh, good to see you and speak with you. Yeah, sorry I'm uh, running late. I, I thought this was going to be on Spaces, uh, so I had to like kind of comb my hair and stuff and get ready for the video. <laughs> Yeah, no worries, man. I should have cut my hair. Mine's getting a little, uh, getting a little long, but yeah, no problem at all. Um, usually, it takes a few minutes for people to trickle in, anyway, so it's good. Cool. What? What? Remind me, what's your name again? Uh, Bernie, or Bernie. just okay. Burn is good. Okay, cool, cool. You're the Burn on the correspondence. Okay, perfect. Um, are we going to be like demoing the product today? Just uh, to... I don't see why not, man. Um, yeah, I think we'll. Uh, We'll do a full dig in. I mean, we can go through everything. You guys have the whole hour. Um, okay. Was talking to another guest, but uh, they just never replied. So you guys have the whole time. Nice. Um, yeah. It's going to be the uh, output from your side, like um, kind of like, you know, how do you, how do you end up distributing this content? Yeah. So right now we're live on YouTube. Um, we are also on Twitter spaces. Um, then it's going to go to, It'll be syndicated across all the podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, all that good stuff. And I'll probably, usually if I have time, I make some short clips and post those and uh, get those spread out, put on YouTube and Twitter as well. So, um, yeah, we, we build quite a bit of content out of each show. Sweet. I'm excited. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, it's good to have you guys on. Uh, 21, are you able to speak? He's on Twitter, but he, he can't do the... Uh, Streamyard today. Yeah, man. How do we see like who else is here? Oh, I see there's. Um... Oh, you know what? Could you guys hear him at all? Could you hear twenty one sixty when he just spoke? No. All right. Guess what, man? <laughs> For some reason, my Twitter. All right. He'd rather not talk. All right, he'll be an inquisitive listener. Um, yeah, so for some reason, my Twitter is not feeding back into the audio here, which I don't know why, because I've got like everything adjusted properly on my uh, on my roadcaster. Yeah, so uh, we could probably get started. Um, so if you'd like to both just uh, kind of give a quick intro to yourselves rather than the project, a little background on um, really what what you've done before web three, what you're doing now and uh, kind of how you got into it. I can start. So, um, my name's Thomas. I'm the CEO and co-founder of lore. Um, how I got into web three and background and stuff like that. So, um, I, I guess like the through line between my whole career is like, I, um, kind of always wanted to distribute like, like, 
um, socioeconomic kind of lines a little bit more fairly throughout the world. So why I wanted to do that is I, I, I'm an immigrant from India um, and just like was brought here when I was eight years old. Um, and I always found that to be quite a, a privilege, especially as I kind of went through college. I went to USC where there's like a lot of rich kids and stuff. And then I ended up being a banker at City where we ended up um, servicing a lot of really wealthy clients. And I had this interesting perspective of kind of like the, the financial services and the socioeconomic kind of opportunity in emerging markets versus like what happens here in America for the 1%. Um, so I always found that I was just like very fortunate to, you know, end up on this path. But then I have, you know, family members and distant, you know, cousins and stuff that are did not, never even have that opportunity. Right. So when I discovered crypto, um, I immediately kind of um, sense that it could be this um, uh, new kind of technology, you know, money in terms of like a money or a kind of uh, software system that could redistribute capital a little bit more fairly and socioeconomic opportunity as well. So that's always been like my mission in life as soon as I discovered crypto. Um, and how that ended up leading to lore is, well, I, I made a couple stops. Um, I was at Wire and Polychain. Um, where um, I had a really good bird's eye view into consumer crypto behavior. This was in 2017 to 2020. Um, then like consumer crypto is like not really a category. It, there was just like wallets, basically. That's the only kind of consumer experience that it, uh, existed. And um, I found it kind of strange that, that uh, crypto was so social and community driven, but at the same time, the experiences um, uh, available in crypto were, were, were just not that way. Right. So I started kind of like experimenting, uh, with, uh, one of my childhood friends named Shelby Thomas. He's now my uh, co-founder and CPO, uh, in early 2020 with what kind of like unique social experiences could be enabled by, by crypto. So initially we built this product called Prism, um, PRYSM. It was pretty popular throughout uh, 2020 and 2021. It was a wallet tracking application where you could follow what your friends are doing on chain, uh, follow influencers, you know, verify they're actually putting their money where their mouth is. Um, but long story short is we we ended up raising um, uh, around uh, uh, with, with Polychain and stuff involved and scaled out the team to like eight people and had 50,000 users by the end of 2021. Uh, but it felt like we were one chess move away from like a web two social company, uh, potentially just like copying, uh, you know, introducing some crypto features and eating our lunch. Right. Um, so then I needed to kind of like think a little bit more deeply about what kind of um, experiences, social experiences are really uniquely enabled by crypto. And then circling back to like my kind of, you know, mission of like redistributing wealth and, and opportunity it felt like um, crypto could be this socioeconomic railing for people to, uh, on the internet, like form capital and 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 uh, coordinate together to to buy things together or or create together or do together. So we were looking at um, different kinds of like ways to do that and kind of consumer behavior that uh, allowed for people uh, where people are like pulling together money to do do things together. And it felt like at the time, group buying NFTs was very very popular. Um, a lot of people were hacking together Gnosis safe with like a Excel spreadsheet to track ownership and, you know, wallet connecting into OpenSea and other, other interfaces to, to go and do this. And it was done in a really hacky way. So it felt like there was an opportunity to stitch that all together. 
So we introduced a feature on the Prism platform to do that and ended up being like the highest engagement uh, feature we've uh, ever, ever introduced. Um, so by 2022, we ended up pivoting Prism to, uh, to Lore, uh, raising another round of capital uh, with this kind of new direction um, and become, became basically like the de facto uh, ownership platform over the last uh, you know 12, 12 months or so. So now we've um, there, there's about 1,250 collectives that have formed on the platform. Uh, they coordinated about $20 million. So that's about 8,000, 9,000 Ethereum um, on, the, on the platform to, to buy, I think over like 1,500 NFTs. Um, so it's, it's very popular. We've done uh, partnerships with like Proof, Memeland, Azuki, so on and so forth. And then now we're actually expanding to um, more use cases like crowdfunding and creator fan clubs and things like that. So happy to get into that, but that should cover a lot of ground there. Nice. Very, very interesting. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've heard of Prism before. So um, I haven't been around for a terribly long time. I came in like late 2021, but um, definitely sounds familiar. Um, yeah, yeah, man. Good background. I love the mission and the story behind it. Um, Gunjan, did I say that right? I'm probably slaughtering your name. I'm sorry. Yeah, no worries. It's Gunjan. Um, yeah, happy to give a background. Going to be a lot more concise than Thomas. Um, so I, uh, I I majored in econ in college and um, was lucky enough to have a professor that had previously worked at the Federal Reserve. And at the time, we were studying like the financial crisis of 2008. And it always fascinated me, the Federal Reserve's role in that entire thing. And then shortly after, I took a job at Morgan Stanley, and we were working on comprehensive capital analysis requirements, which were a new thing that banks had to do at the time to do stress testing for different types of scenarios that could potentially, you know, start a new financial crisis. And so I thought that was super fascinating that um, the this entire like financial system is kind of just built with these blocks where it could all potentially fall at any moment. And that kind of led me into crypto. I also was pretty early on in the space in 2017, worked at a, a crypto startup in New York City um, that was doing KYC. And then I worked with Thomas at um, Wire for a couple of years who were really delved into like payments and cross-border payments. Um, and then I worked at Coinbase for two and a half years um, and I was working on a lot of different product lines there. The, the, the one that I worked on the most was uh, custody and storage for institutions and um, really learned about their challenges about um, needing security um, with cold storage, but then also wanting to participate on chain during DeFi summer. Um, I also worked on NFT, the NFT marketplace that we launched and a couple of other initiatives there. And now I'm helping out Thomas on growth here at Lore. Wow, that's, uh, that's quite the resume. <laughs> I mean, really from both of you. So um, it's always good to hear. I think uh, one of the most important things about any kind of project, be it a platform or an NFT project or whatever is the uh, the ability of the team. And it sounds like you both uh, have a great deal of experience and, and know what you're doing. So that's definitely positive to hear. Um, so on that note, um, Thomas, um, if you want to get into lore, uh, take us on a deep dive. Um, there's a present button down at the bottom of the screen. You can share the screen, walk us through whatever, um, and really just kind of take us through the whole thing. Oh, you're on mute still. Cool. Let me let me just uh, 
share screen. I have a small demo here prepped up. Okay, so um, Lore helps you basically spin up a, a community wallet with your um, friends and crowdfund that wallet um, and then basically make decisions together with the new new funds that you've uh, formed. So uh, one thing that's kind of different about our platform from, um, from you know, a, a simple tool like Gnosis, say, for another kind of like smart contract wallet is that we actually allow you to grow your collective over time. So you could start with a really small uh, group of people, start pulling together um, some resources uh, to maybe buy just one or two NFTs. And then as you kind of um, hit your milestones, you can open up um, your on-chain collective to more people, you know, for more resources and, and keep your story kind of going and hence the, hence the name lore in a sense. So let me get into actually a couple, um, use cases that the platform enables. Um, so group buying NFTs is like, I think the simplest use case that can happen, um, on the platform. So just like five friends, you know, like even just us three here, right. We can just set up a group wallet very easily together one ETH each and go snipe something on on OpenSea or whatever NFT platform. Um, but what's interesting is with that kind of simple infrastructure, uh, a lot of different use cases have, have emerged on the platform. So um, one good example here is Deadbird Society, which is a trade-based um, social club for, um, for, for moonbirds, uh, for, for the skeleton trade moonbirds. And what they've done on lore is um, about 70 of them, I believe, have um, formed, I, th I think over over 80 ETH or so over several funding rounds um, to buy a collection of skeleton trade moonbirds and then use that IP ownership to go and create kind of like a meme around what Dead Bird Society stands for. So. Initially, they were kind of like figuring out what Deadbird Society actually stood for. And then they identified a mission that resonated with the whole community, which was they wanted to bring more awareness to biodiversity loss. So they used this brand that they created to go and create another, um, um, you know, another kind of set of on-chain media, uh, other kinds of like NFT collections to go and like pro proliferate this mission. So that's a really good use case. Another use case is an um, art collectives that get formed. So let me actually pivot to um, a public profile page. So this is an art collective that got formed through the, the Hug community. Um, and basically they pulled together their resources to support an artist that emerged from their uh, community by the name of Anna Judd. And they wanted to acquire as many of uh, Anna Judd's, um, uh, one of Anna Judd's like initial collections as possible. So what they did is they used Lore to um, um, pull together money um, and also pull together Anna Judd pieces as well. So they opened up a, a crowdfund on Lore where people could either fund with Ethereum or they could actually fund with Anna Judd pieces. So I, I think the at the time it was like uh, you could you could fund with 0.2 ETH or or one Anna Judd piece. And now they've kind of like. Uh, acquired about 50, I think, of the outstanding um, 90 or so of the pieces. 
Um, and you know, they've been kind of going steady on the platform through, through several funding rounds and opening up to new, new levels of membership over time. Hey, quick that, question. Go ahead. Um, so I see you've got the equity broken down, um, which is super helpful, right? So I'm guessing that's measured by, you know, how much each person is contributing into the fund. Correct. So that's right. Nice. Okay. So let's say, um, let's say they sell something, right? for whatever, five ETH, and they want to take a distribution to all holders, does this platform enable, does it auto-calculate and send that distribution out to each wallet, or would they have to manually do that? Yeah, so we cover the entire life cycle of uh, OnChain Collective. Um, so if you wanted to make a distribution uh, and you have, you know, let's say five ETH to distribute to, to uh, five members, then you just launch a, a proposal that everyone votes on um, and push that through. And, and then it's just automatically distributed to all five people pro rata based on the equity share that they have. This is super cool. Okay. Um, yeah. It's like, it's almost like a mini DAO without being a DAO, but it's like, yeah. Kind yeah. Of, we kind of joke that we're like the anti-DAO DAO platform. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. We're, we're um, we want to focus on more consumer fun use cases um, and power like the the future kind of cultural economy that's forming around NFTs. Yeah, that's uh, super uh, super interesting. Um, yeah, there's a lot of Rex guys and Rug Radio people listening in right now, and I think you know I could see this being something that we would do in really either of those communities. Um, definitely rec guys, you know, with focus around trades or collecting or people pooling together to, uh, to kind of maximize their collecting power, I guess you could say. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, this is super interesting. Yeah. That that's like maximizing your collecting power, right? That's something, uh, that's like a core value and, and, um, uh, that we're trying to drive through the platform. The, the, core purpose of what we're doing is all about like increasing accessibility to the, uh, the space. Right. So it is this way to buy things that you could not alone do things, you know, accomplish missions that you could not alone, uh, and even like create kinds of artwork and, um, uh, create different kinds of projects that you could not alone. So, um, and, and we want to just be like that new kind of, uh, internet native organizational structure to, to power that and, and be a really like core part of the, um, internet economy, uh, which is, you know, quickly kind of becoming a, a larger and larger part of the IRL economy as well. And this goes back to the thesis on distributing, um, socioeconomic opportunity, right? So kind of like how, um, smartphones helped a lot of people in emerging markets leapfrog into, uh, the knowledge age, right? We think this kind of organizational structure can help a lot of creatives and uh, people that don't have those kind of opportunities in emerging markets, like leapfrog into the into the creator economy. So, for something like this, I would imagine it's like multi-sig in some in one way or another, right? Yeah, yeah. So right now we're powered um, by Gnosis Safe, and we're we're always looking at different kinds of wallet technologies as well and there's a pretty high probability that uh we'll introduce new uh, other kinds of group wallets you can also launch on the platform nice man so let's say um we want to take like one of these funds like 
more public. I don't want to say take it public, but, you know, have it uh, more accessible. Would someone be able to like share a link and say, hey, apply to join our fund? Uh, they fill something out. And then if if approved, then you can just approve their wallet and let them in. Yeah, th that's definitely on the roadmap. Um, and we've experimented uh, with that in the creation flow already. Um, I could, I might be able to get there easily. But um, long story short is there is a gathering interest kind of section. So uh, let me see if I can get there. But I think this we, we released like a V1 um, where I don't think it's like significantly better than you know, um, trying to do this on like a type form or, or a D form or some, some other tool. So we're going to improve that over time and try to make that a little bit better. So let me see if I can get there. Just thought of another question while you're doing that. Um, yeah. so let's say, uh, you've got 20 members and one wants to exit their, their, uh, position completely. Um, would they, how would that work? Would it be almost like they could do like a shotgun clause? Like, Hey, I'm offering up my equity. Um, everyone has an opportunity to buy their equal amount. They can opt in or opt out and then like buy that person out of the position or what would that look like? Yeah. So this is, this is probably a good time to get into the, um, our, our, how we, how we think about ownership on chain. So, um, when you contribute, to the collective, you receive an NFT uh, membership uh, that's actually, I'm not, oh, there it is. Okay. Um, that's actually tradable. So you could trade this, you could just list it on OpenSea uh, for, for the fair value and, or, or less or more, whatever. And um, you could, you could get out of the collective that way. Or what you could do is um, launch an exit proposal. Uh, let me see if I can get there. So the proposal system is how, you know, you make, make, uh, on-chain decisions kind of together. Right. And, and it, like I mentioned, everything in the fund life cycle is here. Um, we're, we have a concept of funding rounds. We're actually going to be, we'll talk about lore V2, uh, probably in a little bit, but we're going to be changing this concept a little bit to be more crowdfundy, um, and allow for more kind of trustless mass scale community use cases. So we'll talk about that in a second, but, um, at the end of the life cycle, there's exits and distributions. So you could launch as a member, uh, a way to, um, um, you could propose an exit, right? You could be like, Hey, I want to, I want to, uh, get rid of 5% of my stake or all of it, right. For X amount of ETH. And we can tell you what the fair value is based on like the, um, the collection of NFTs that you have. But ultimately, like it's kind of up to the collective to come to that decision together. So those are the two ways you can exit. Nice, man. Um, I can't believe I've never heard of this. Um, yeah, it just seems so useful. It, this is uh, definitely one of the coolest, if not the coolest platform I've seen on the show yet. It's like, yeah, you can vote on proposals and stuff. So yeah, I'm guessing that your equity stake is your voting power as well. Your equity stake is your voting power. Yes. Um, that said, we, you know, every group is pretty different in how they want to set up decision-making. Um, so, so, you know, if it's like five of your homies, like trying to buy a, a punk or something together, um, one of them is probably like kind of the de facto leader who's leading this effort. And maybe the other folks are just like pretty, 
new to crypto, right? Um, or don't know what's going on. And um, let's call this guy Chad. Um, so Chad, they might just be like, Chad, why don't you just do all, make all the decisions for us? Like why introduce a governance process, right? Uh, when it's just like your iMessage chat trying to buy a punk. So yeah, my friends we, want me to do that. And I'm like, fuck no, dude, I don't want to go to jail, but <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Control of that's their, all their conversation. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so you could set up governance where you just like delegate someone to basically make all the decisions, or you can set up, um, um, something that's like very, very trustless and, uh, on chain, like kind of like how NounsDAO, for instance, operates where it's like one person has one vote and, you know, you, you, every decision is, uh, um, uh, is made on chain with a very kind of, uh, um, specific kind of parameters around how things get passed. And as people vote, you know, um, it's, there's going to be an on-chain trigger, on-chain action triggered if all those votes are passed. So anything as kind of decentralized and trustless as that to like, Hey, let's just have like Chad make the decisions for us. Nice, man. That this is really robust. Um, so are you the coder or, um, or do you have a team? Like what is that? Yeah. Like? Yeah. Great question. So, um, <laughs> there's kind of an interesting story here, uh, because we started a few weeks before, uh, COVID, lockdowns um happened and you know uh, obviously like my co-founder and i um my co-founder is a phd in computer science so uh we we came from really credible backgrounds and at the time it was like um it, it wasn't going to be a problem to like raise money uh for any sort of like idea that we were going to come up with and we're basically like a hot deal right and then as covid kind of hit um the vc market started to basically just like kind of crawl into a shell and no, no deals were getting done. Um, and this was a really interesting time for Shelby and I, cause we were like, Hey, like if we're really believe in this, like we're going to have to build it ourselves. Like we're not going to be able to raise money to hire, uh, developers and designers to do this. Right. And neither of us, frankly, um, you know, like be, both came from technical backgrounds, but he's he's like a rocket science a rocket scientist trying to build a car engine, right? Where I'm, I you know, was a trader and stuff, and I I know data science and Python and stuff, but I I never built consumer products really before. So we really cut our teeth for about like um, six months or so, where we're just like uh, th there's a little bit of money, uh, maybe like. 39k or something i remember the number so precisely that we ended up raising from angels at that time um and we just made that kind of like last for as long as possible and we just cut our teeth just like coding the the first version uh learning like design you know i i learned um uh, front end like pretty pretty well um so the first the uh first few versions like we built ourselves and then as as the team has scaled now there's about um, seven people working on it full time we have uh we've hired some great developers and and designers and i think neither uh i haven't shipped a line of code in in, in like 18 months plus and then uh I, I don't think shelby has uh been been like deep like shipping code although he does code reviews and stuff still wow impressive um okay so how how do you monetize great question so um, this version two, um, is going to introduce, um, um, a, a monetization mechanism. So version two is going to be a little bit, uh, different where, 
um, instead of uh, having people contribute uh, whatever they want into the uh, into the wallet, you you could still do that. Like you know, you could do what version one kind of does. Um, but what you do is launch a tiered NFT membership um, sale. Um, so there could be several tiers. Like let's say you wanted to start a um, collective for Rug Radio. And you could you can launch a gold tier where that's one ETH. You can launch a silver tier that's um, um, you know 0.5 ETH, so on and so forth, right? And then you can assign you can make them fixed editions or open editions, and people kind of like mint to join um, the the collective. And we're going to be taking a fee uh, on the on the mint. Uh, we're still figuring out the economics, like uh, the I think the uh, the kind of the monetization models around mint to join have been evolving even like over the last few days uh, with Zora kind of introducing their protocol fees, for instance, and their, and their protocol kickbacks. Um, so we're, we're debating internally right now between like a fixed fee um, on these things or a variable fee. Um, and, uh, the, but, but that's going to be how we monetize as is going to be at the mint to join level. Uh, and then potentially on distributions and exits, um, but that's still kind of up in the air. Okay, nice. Um, yeah, so I guess the, the main key then is just scaling. So I, I think if NFT, NFTs make it, then uh, you guys will make it. So uh, a little slow right now um, with the, the trading and collecting and all that. But yeah, um, yeah. But th that's also so, so version two is expanding to um, use cases outside of buying and selling. Um, we will be supporting, um, crowd funds for any sort of like cause or impact or, um, idea or project. So for instance, we're working with, a um, uh, a creator who's very big in the, in the Spanish speaking kind of tech community. And long story short is a lot of great entrepreneurial books like girl boss for, for instance, right. It's a very popular, uh, story. I think I, I believe around Glossier. Um, and, and, um, um, that, that book is just not like available in Spanish. Um, so he's launching a crowdfund to translate like a collection of entrepreneurial books that are going to be a huge hit and, and lifesaver for his Spanish speaking community from, from English to, uh, Spanish. Right. So that, those kind of crowdfunds can be enabled now on the platform, um, and the design, the, the brand marketing, all of it, like the storytelling is going to shift a little bit, although the info is generally the same really. Right. Um, and we have all sorts of payment proposals and stuff. So it's, it's, it's all, it's all the same infra. It's, uh, just a different kind of different kind of use cases we're going after. Uh, that's an example. And then we're, uh, we're also going to be introducing creator fan clubs. Um, so think like web three Patreon, um, th those, those kind of use cases. Um, and we'll be rolling this out to layer two. So optimism, polygon and base are all on our roadmap in quick sequence. Um, and I think a lot of these use cases are going to be better served there. Uh, cause we're kind of, a lot of these use cases, people are dealing with, you know, like if it's like a web three Patreon, some of these subscriptions are like $3, $5 and like $50. Um, so, you know, if, if it's on ETH mainnet, the Gatsby's can like really, um, really, really bite into that. Um, so that's a quick little synopsis of like where we're focused on V2. 
Nice. Yeah. I mean, the, the tech is uh, powerful. I, I can definitely see it in a lot of different use cases. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, it's really interesting. So it could be like almost, uh, like you could have a a web three Kickstarter type of deal. Um, yeah, there's just a ton you can do with it. Yeah. Really interesting. Yeah. And then based on how you want to set up governance, um, the Kickstarter could also give the funders some sort of voting rights in the direction of the project. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like it. I mean, um, okay, cool. Um, trying to think if there's any other questions, is there anything else you want to take me through? Um, not really. I think we covered a lot here on the demo. Um, I'm, I, I can demo more, more stuff, but I think, uh, it might be better if we want to open up the floor to like any questions. Um, we're, we're also, we're also be pretty excited about giving early access to V2, uh, to the rug community. So if that's something we want to talk about, we could talk about that too. Let's talk about it. Yeah. What, what would that look like? Yeah. So, um, it's kind of exactly what it sounds like. Uh, we, we're rolling out to select communities um, on the first week of, of September. We already have a few of our um, launch partners kind of identified. Think like, you know, Seed Club, Storyverse, those kind of communities that are um, not just like buying and selling NFTs, but more on the crea- creativity kind of side of things um, and would get excited about community ca- uh, crowdfunds and things like that too. Um, so we're, we're, we could do this in two ways. One would be a little bit, I think, um, better from an attention capturing standpoint, which would be, we would design a, design a co-branded NFT with uh, rug and we can, we can handle all that on our side and then launch a mint, uh, which gets you access to the V2. Um, and then, you know, we can gate that mint by, by any sort of, um, allow list or, or token on your side. Um, the second way we could do this is just like uh, collect an allow list from from you all and 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 you know absent the NFT mint, just give uh, Rug Radio community members access. Nice. Okay. So then, essentially, by having early access, it would allow it would be for the Rug Collective, right? So the Rug Radio Collective, and then um, once that's built out, however they want to build it, they can do what they want with it. They can sweep rugs all day, or um, invest in whatever, or it gives them uh, full autonomy, right? Yeah, that's right. And then the um, the folks with this NFT will also get a discount on fees. We're still figuring out exactly how much, but there's like you know a little bit of value there if you are end up being a user. Nice. Okay. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. Um, would you be interested in this for like Rect guy and Dgens as well? Sure. That's okay. Yeah, the, um, they're they're a bunch of uh, absolute degens, and uh, you know they they might want to put something together. So I think it's definitely something we can offer up to both communities. If uh, if you'd like to, just send me an email, like bullet points on the couple different options, so I can cover them with the teams. Um, I think it's something I'm definitely interested in. Um, I know Rug Radio will have to run it by legal for sure. Uh, we run pretty much everything by legal. Um, cause we're, we're getting pretty big and, uh, we want to do things right. Um, but at first glance, I don't see anything wrong with it. So, 
Um, I, I would love to bring this to our communities and uh, kind of give them the power to uh, build something out in here. I mean, it's it's a super cool um, application you built out, and uh, I think it's there's a lot of use cases for it as well. So, yeah, I, I think we'd like that. Right, guys? We got to, yeah, this would be fun for sure. Oh, ABS. <laughs> what sort of discount? All right, you can ignore that one. Yeah, we're, we're still figuring it out. Yeah, he's a troll. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, interesting. Well, twenty one sixty can't talk, but I'm sure he'd be um, he'd be expressing his uh, um, approval for sure as well of the project. Um, yeah, we've already got people interested. We've got, yeah, if you look at the comments, I mean, Ben Ben likes it, MP likes it. And I think, uh, yeah, it's exciting. So I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes um, and keeping track on uh, on the growth of, of lore because it's, yeah, the, the use cases are endless. Um, nice. So I'm going to rate it. We have to rate every project. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to give you a 9.1, which is a really high score. I mean, it's just, obviously you're, you've got a great team. Um, you're both a couple of big brains. Um, I, I can tell you're both really smart and then your other partner as well. Um, and, and what you build is really robust, um, and useful and it's unique. I'm not sure if anyone else has anything like this. And if they do, I, I, I'm sure it doesn't have the abilities that this platform does. So um, really useful. And I kind of want to like build out a collective with some friends. Um, like I'll put in 0.1 ETH and have them each put in 10 ETH um, and then um, demand that I get equal ownership. All right, we've got someone coming up on stage. OX Dosa. He's connecting now. But yeah, I, I want to build out a collective for sure. Um, this is cool. Sweet. We'd love to have you. All right. OX Dosa. So they won't be able to hear you um, because I don't know how technology works. But um, if you want to ask your question, go ahead and I'll uh, I'll repeat it to the uh, to the guests. You're on mute right now if you're uh, trying to speak. MP wants you on the GM morning show and the nifty morning show. We can talk about that if you guys want off record. Yo, what's up, man? Nice. Nice. Thanks, man. Um, so that was an awkward silence for all of us because none of you can hear him. Um, 
or uh, yeah, I imagine you can't hear him, but he basically said he's been running um, a collective on lore for over a year. He's been able to quit his job. He said it's, it works super well. It's robust. He loves the technology. Um, so yeah, thanks man. Appreciate you coming up and, and sharing about this. Um, that's good to hear. Yeah. He's one of our biggest uh, power users and I love, I love seeing that story, right? Like that's, that's why we're here is to um, help people like quit their jobs and pursue their passion. Um, and yeah, and, and he was able to do that. So, and, and they've also made a considerable, considerable amount of money over the bear market as well uh, by pulling together, not just their capital, but like their collective intelligence, you know, and making better decisions together. Nice. That, I love that. Um, yeah. And there's definitely something to be said for that. Cause like as a trader or a degen, I think one of our biggest enemies is our emotions, right. <laughs> and, and making, um, making decisions too quickly, not thinking things through trading with emotion. And this kind of takes that emotion out of it when you've got a group of people that have to vote through it and have to think about it before you do something. Um, there's definitely value in that. So, um, yeah, good to hear. And congrats, man, on, on smoking it during the bear market. Thanks for coming up. I think that's it. Um, yeah, I mean, I give you guys a nine point. What I say, nine point one. I can't even remember. Nice. Nine point one or nine point two. So that's like a super high score. Um, I love the platform. Um, really interesting and uh, and valuable. And I want to make a collective. So if you can send me an email. Um, bullet point out, you know, what you're thinking about. I'd love to put this in front of both communities. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we can also talk about the bigger shows like the GM show or, um, things like that. Uh, you know, we've emailed back and forth a little bit, but, yeah. uh, yeah, we can discuss those as well. Yeah. We'd love that opportunity, especially around the V2 launch here in September. Um, I think there we're, we're just going to be, you know, doing a big old media tour uh, at that time and just talking about our story and like what V2 enables. And uh, I think that can drive a lot of traffic to, to, to you all as well, because there's gonna be a lot of attention on us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'll, we'll, we'll get together and talk it through um, and then speak with the team as well. So, okay. Um, yeah, man. Cool. Well, thanks for having us, Burn. This was fun. Yeah, thanks for joining. Uh, really pumped to hear about it, and I can't wait to. I'm gonna get into a collective one way or another. So the rec guys and rug radio people that are listening right now, um, hit me up. Let's uh, let's put some money together and build something because I think it'd just be fun, um, really cool and valuable as well. So thanks, cool. thanks Thomas, and great okay. work, man. This is thank impressive. You. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. All right. All yeah, right. no problem. Thanks, brother. See you, Brian. See you, man. And I'm gonna I'm gonna just play us out with just me on the screen, needing a haircut. Or a field or something, maybe in a cave. He is a troll. Um, he just said a collective of idiots run by Burndogler. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. Peace.